Hey guys, Steve here from Potent Products. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. everybody welcome to growing with fishes podcast episode 345 oh we got a replay something playing in the background some way somewhere there we go we haven't done that screw up in a while <laughs> um we also have uh brandon west with us today how's it going brandon what's going on dude how you been I'm doing all right it's been a couple weeks since we did the show i've been dealing with some Family health stuff, although that's on the upswing, and then also just with a bunch of travel that happened to be on Thursdays a lot lately. So, uh, yeah, apologize for taking a little bit of a break from the show, but uh, sometimes that's how it is. But uh, we do have some cool guests lined up. We have um, not next week, but the week after, we have Future Forty Two Hundred and a bunch of other awesome guests come uh, coming up for the show. So uh, nice. I was just out there in Vegas with Dustin. Yeah, he's a great dude. I met him out at um, Lycofest a couple of years ago, um, and uh, it was a great time. So uh, he was on the show kind of as part of the panel before, but we're excited to have him back on uh, uh, by himself and really excited about that. And then we have um, a really cool guy I met um, that's going to talk to us about security and dogs and kind of like general game plan for security stuff uh, on uh, on facilities. Uh, he's a uh, a really highly skilled dog trainer. So that's really cool. And that'll be coming up on one of our episodes. Uh, we have the guy who actually wrote um, the big book of Terps, which I have right here. Um, he'll be joining us here in, in February and a whole bunch of other cool guests lined up. So uh, really excited for you guys to uh, check that out on the show. Um, what's new with you, Brandon? Not a whole lot. Uh, actually, that's a lie. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, you know, with Bokashi Earthworks has been expanding, and I've kind of been transitioning out of that hands-on consulting side of the cannabis. I'm not any longer oper uh, operating any farms. Uh, I'm not doing any like exclusive work with anybody anymore just because I have to allocate my time towards the Bokashi business uh, as we start to scale out and grow currently out here in Chicago with some of my team members. Um, and we are basically finalizing our business plan with Dr. George Caltizes and his wife who own NASA Agricultural Technologies. And we're essentially building out this business plan so that way we can have our own green factory. This is a zero emissions, zero pollutant uh, manufacturing facility where we produce pure humic and fulvic acid and make uh, humic acid carbon chelated fertilizers, fertilizers using the uh, uh, proprietary process that was created by Dr. George called uh, Harbo. A fractionation process, which is humic acid bearing or fractionation, where we use an organic catalyst to essentially solubilize the humic and fulvic acid, drop all the junk out of it, and then uh, use that to carbon chelate and fix atmospheric nitrogen and chelate other elements into a homogeneous solution. So uh, the, the 
the technology's been around. He built it in the 80s. He's had multiple different factories all over the the globe. He had a factory in Iowa in 2008 that unfortunately bad business uh, shut that down. But we're doing it again. We're going to build build a factory in Oklahoma, and it's also going to be where we're producing the NutriGrow pot, which is a fully compostable fertilizer pot that's a replacement for single-use plastics and starter fertilizers. So it's essentially a, a pot that allows you to uh, grow a plant with nothing but the cup, or at least a good majority of the fertilizer will come from that cup. So really excited about that. Sorry about that. I had a bit of a thing there. I had to fix my dog's door there. They got uh, stuck over on the thing. But um, yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, really excited to kind of see uh, all the different new stuff you're cooking up. And uh, I know you have a lot of great stuff on your site. And I like to use your soils here uh, for most of the people that I'm working with and things like that. So uh, definitely uh, really cool to uh, to check out. Were we will have the LTL freight shipping integration um, in the website so that way people will be able to buy soil off the website real soon. Well, that's great, yeah. And we're looking at um, getting another big batch of soil from you here soon for another facility you'll be working with in uh, another two or three months here. So uh, definitely uh, recommend it for sure. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I had a, we usually do kind of like a Christmas episode, uh, kind of a Christmas buy guide. Um, is there any products that you found really cool this year that uh, were really helpful for uh, you and your grow? Well, obviously I'm biased because I own a nutrient company and I manufacture <laughs> microbes and soils and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to other companies' products, one of the things that I really like is the the microbe lift BCM. It's a it's a uh, pesticide. is a it's BT toxin. It's used to control. Um, it's advertised to control mosquito larvae, but it works really great on fungus gnats as well. Which is you know they're just kind of a a, a nuisance type of pest uh, that you know grow in soils with high organic matter. That's a really great product that I recommend to people. You can use very little of it, and you'll eliminate that issue out of the garden completely. I also, um, you know, one of the things that I started using this year a lot more is calcium silica. And I was using that just for pH stabilization and doing um, basically as instead of using lime, you know, doing liming or that type of thing to increase soil pH uh, use the calcium silica and I was doing it just at the end at the beginning of a run when I was adjusting pH I'd put it all down at once but what I found out is that by using it more frequently with at less concentrations you kind of get a better result where you can load up on the calcium the silica it also has magnesium and iron in it so um, it's a really great mineral I really like that and obviously, you know, my garden isn't what my garden is without the humate fertilizer that I'm using. 
Yeah, that's cool. I've used calcium silicate a little bit in Onyx, but I, uh, maybe two or three times, but I haven't had a chance to really play with it. Um, do you have to put that out kind of as a fall thing and then a breakdown over the winter, or is it pretty um, bioactive as long as you're adding it into more acidic microbial mix? Well, so the the benefit is that you can get it in different like sizes. And so the size that we have is it's super, super fine. It's like silt. So it has some solubility. Um, so it works it works good to get calcium in there. It doesn't take too long. It's not uh it's not something that really has to go through a lot of processes to become available. Cool. So um, just be I mean, it's not totally soluble, but it's not insoluble either. You know, it's got sure. it's, it's got decent solubility, not as good as something like you know gypsum, but uh, pretty pretty decent. And it does raise pH too, uh, if uh, if people are it, using it. Yes, and so the thing is, that it's really beneficial because in these modified growing mixes or these peat based or cocoa based or really highly organic you know potting soils they naturally acidify because of microbial metabolism they're producing enzymes and ass organic acids that naturally acidify soil and so without doing proper liming typically what you'll see over the course of a run or two is you'll see the ph start to drop and that can express you know itself as deficiency symptoms or you know in plants and so with the addition of that calcium silica doing small amounts more frequently will actually help mitigate that and so i'm not really doing any liming at the beginning of a run anymore because i've been kind of just using that consistently throughout and it just helps mitigate that ph drop that's a natural process I had the mic muted there to hit the bunk. Um, that's really awesome. Yeah, it's definitely um, uh, something that uh, I'd love to learn more about. Um, would that also be something good to add if people are doing like um, like a lacto-ferment or something like that to, to bring the pH back up to uh, something closer to the plant's current pH? Well, you could, but I don't, I don't think it's necessary. You know, the thing is that all of those beneficial microorganisms they work best at those pH ranges, you know? And if you're adding something like lactic acid and, you know, a microbial inoculant, like the micro plus for instance, is a multifunctional probiotic. It'll decrease the pH of the water, but given, but that's not going to have an overall negative impact on your soil system because it's not going to drop the pH of your soil system because your soil system is going to buffer that. And, you know, as long as you're using consistently using clean water water isn't going to have such a huge impact um if the water's clean on soil ph so much as what is uh in the soil as far as the the types of cations or anions and so when you water with you know a, a microbial consortium that has a lower ph there are going to be certain things that are going to be more soluble and more available things like zinc and iron are are uh, more soluble at lower ph ranges and so you're going to have those times when you're when you're getting the, the benefit of those microorganisms but also you're 
kind of allowing for the facilitation of certain elements to fall into solution and have better availability for a very brief time period. You know, when you're watering, you know, the soil will buffer that and the, the pH of that water isn't really going to have some an overall impact. Now, if you were consistently running water that was super low pH and your low pH was all the time consistently, then it could potentially bring your water or your soil pH down. But when it comes to soil pH, the the volume of soil and the mineral content of that soil is typically enough to buffer high and low pH fluctuations. Awesome. Yeah, I know sometimes I'll kind of use it as a way to uh, sneak in a little extra potassium silicate um, to kind of boost a little uh, potassium or silicate and bring the pH up to within like a point or so of what the soil is, but, uh, or, you know, aquaponics, whichever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, all right. So I guess we'll uh, hit some of the list that I have here. So I guess first up, we'll do the shameless plug. Um, you guys can check out the uh, Aquaponic Cannabis Masterclass. Uh, Marty and I have put a lot of time into it. I actually have a ton of cool content from from uh, Thailand and stuff like that. I still need to finish uploading. And I did a bunch of filming for some bubble hash extraction and a bunch of other cool stuff that uh, I have. I just need to finish editing to get up there. So if you purchase the class, we do add new content to it uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, so be sure for that. And you can also... Um, check out the different live sessions that we have there's over five days worth of content uh tons of reference points uh as well um so be sure to check it out if it's something you're looking for and you can use coupon code grow for a hundred dollars off the glass we also have the uh, uh aquaponic and living soil pest control course um so uh, we kind of cover all the different types of insects that we've run across over the years uh and um and all the different reference photos for those damage levels and all the rest of it so be sure to check that out as well at thepestclass.com all right, so uh, we also have, uh, you know, if you're looking for the best portable flower vape, uh, definitely a huge fan of packs. They come in a lot of different types, but uh, if you haven't used one, they are really, really nice if you're trying to uh, smoke flower, uh, you know, not uh, totally stink your place up. Uh, it definitely can be a way to kind of make things uh, a little bit more uh, amenable for, for people around you. They also have smaller ones and things like that as well. Um, but definitely... Uh, you know, one of the products I like a lot. Um, have you used Pax before? I'm sure mm -hmm. you have. I have. Oh, really? No. Uh -uh. Yeah, they're great. They're kind of like uh, it's kind of like a super ultra fancy magic flight lunchbox. I guess it's kind of. Uh, have you remember those that had little wooden boxes that have the sliding plastic piece on it? Had like a battery you'd push in. It had like a Bible verse on the bottom. Do you remember those? Like the really early portable vapes. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It's like a super ultra fancy version. You throw their flower on the top. and set I remember the, the first vapes that I had was like the fucking wooden box ones with the little knob and shit. You had the little glass fucking tube. Yeah, the, the whip style. Thing. Yeah, you fucking pack the little fucking tip of the fucking tube or whatever, the glass tube, and it had a little plastic thing. Like, yeah. Here we go. On those. Here we go. I found a picture of one. Oh, Vapor Brothers still makes them. I actually yeah, had one of these Vapor burst Brothers. into flames on my living room. We used it for like too long, too many hours in a row. Yeah, you put the weed yeah. in the sleeve here, slide it on the, uh, 
the heating element adjust the temperature. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I fucking hit one of those. Well, it's even the first one I ever got. Let's see if I can find it. They had this dome style, and it was like a beta bowl on top of like a a, a wood burner. Yeah, because I remember when the volcano came out, and that was like, oh, this is the fucking next evolution in fucking smoking weed and shit. And I don't even think weed was like, it, I don't even think it was fucking wrecked yet. It was still just medical in California when that shit came out. It must have been like 2006 or something when the fucking volcano came out. I remember two pictures. Here we I can't believe they actually still make these things. Check this out. So this was the first vaporizer I ever bought. So this was a ba basically a beta bowl mounted on a wood burner with a, like a little tiny like metal fucking like dope pipe. They had like a heat uh, coil, but the thing wasn't stuff. like it was like it would like burn your your weed though. Like if you fucking set it too oh, high, yeah. it would just be like smoking out of a. It would just be like smoking regular. Uh, like it wasn't vaping it it was burning it <laughs> well i found it was really good as like a hash bin like for smoking like opium or something else that you want a little bit higher temperature but otherwise it was like just total crap but yeah this is the first earliest one that i ever I ever that. purchased or used <laughs> it's about as ghetto as it gets yeah oh, remember man. when keith boxes came out oh yeah i was like oh shit dude this is fucking cool I went with a buddy of mine, and he got kicked out of the. We were into, art. Was it no? It wasn't artifacts. It was, what was the one on the downtown Philly? It was called Wonderland. No, well, yeah, maybe it was Wonderland. Anyways, my buddy was like, "Can I get the Keith box?" And they're like, "You need to leave." And he's like, "What the fuck else do you call it?" And they're like, "A pollination box." And he's like, "Come on, yeah." <laughs> I that's I remember that too. Getting kicked out of fucking smoke shops for saying bong. Yeah, I remember too. I actually kicked people out of a smoke shop. I worked at a, at my friend's smoke shop for a couple of months. I think when I was like, I, I got out of prison or some shit like that. But I was working at his fucking smoke shop, and I was like, I was like, bro, I hate to do this to you, but like, I gotta fucking. I have to ask you to leave for saying mom. But I was just like, just go back outside and come back in like 10 minutes. <laughs> right? Tell me you're your twin brother. I'll believe you. Yeah. All right. So speaking of stealthy stuff, um, this is something that uh, I want to definitely carry for the shop that we're about to open. Um, so this is a coffee cup bong that's total stealthed out, like folded up, which is super cool. Um, we actually just ordered a bunch of lids for coffee cups to convert them into bongs that do something similar, but I thought this was particularly cool. Um, it's called a Puffco Cupsy. Anyways, and I just thought it was the cap, or is it there is a thing too? Because I wonder if there's like a company that just manufactures like a coffee cup bong lid. Turn any cup into a bong. Yeah. <laughs> so we just did we just ordered those for the shop for that we're opening here in the next 30 days or so. Whenever the fuck we finally get it open. All the joys of dealing with inspections and all the other happy horse shit that go along with opening a, uh, you know, quasi-legal consumption bar. So now you're staying out in Tennessee or what? 
Yeah, for now. Uh, I got a shop that we're opening up here, and then I'll be heading up a, a cultivation project in New Jersey here in uh, a couple of weeks. And um, nice. I'll kind of bounce in between the two, uh, managing uh, one and producing stuff for the other. So we yeah, a lot I think of fun. Huge fucking will be huge for us too, just because the scarcity of product. And, oh, yeah. They're getting fifty. And they're getting fifty four hundred a pound right now because of how low the supply is in New Jersey. That's like early nineties numbers. It's that ain't gonna last, but that's insane. Yeah, yeah, dude, fifty uh, five grand a pound, dude. Yeah, fucking first started prices. Yeah, forty eight. We were selling, we were slinging ounces, three hundred dollars an ounce, all the way up, and how how much you bought. Uh, why is this not loading? Hold on a second, guys. I'm sorry. This should load. Anyways, this is a cool grinder that has a scale built into it, so you know, like, how much you put into your um, grinder. I just thought that was kind of cool. Here it is. Um, it's just kind of a neat thing. Um, oh, if you want to see a cool grinder, check out the best grinder in the world, bro. It's called the Potent. It's called the Potent Fun. The Potent Fun. Yeah, potent dot fun, I think is the website, bro. It's uh it doesn't eviscerate the weed. It's like when it when you get your weed, it's all like fluffy and stuff. It's not all compact. There it is right there, the potent crush. Yeah, okay. check this out. I thought it was like a dating app at first. It's expensive. <laughs> Hundred bucks, bro. But it's the last and only fucking grinder that you'll fucking ever use if you get one well i do apologize guys my internet connection on the boonies here of the the mountains of tennessee is uh not particularly great but uh we'll get uh get this loaded but yeah there you go you guys can check that out uh for whatever reason this website is like hemorrhaging sucks but yeah potent dot fun it's cool. I think the, the kid even got a patent on it. A design patent. There's a young kid that created it. Cool. Quite sure what's going on. Just seems to be slow today. All right, well, I'll go to the next one. Um, I thought this was kind of ridiculous. It's kind of like a hands-free joint holder put around your neck so you can kind of like game or you know trim weed and, and not have to uh <laughs> touch the joints dude it's a thing that puts a if you put it around your neck bro and it it, it holds a joint so you could just turn your fucking face and, and hit and hands free smoke a joint oh that's yep. ridiculous you know you could also mount that on you know, if you have like a rifle or something be like tactical joint holder yeah <laughs> For when you're out there fucking mowing down your targets. Right? Out there deer hunting. Fucking yeah. I got for my bow, but I don't want to. <laughs> and I need to smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> you bow hunt. That's perfect for Joe Rogan. He can bow hunt and smoke weed. Right? Oh, that's why there's some crazy ass animation thing on this crush thing. That's pretty dope. 
Yeah, that's, that's the actual grinder right there, too. They're pretty big, dude. But it it's really neat, dude. It doesn't eviscerate the weed. It, like, lightly breaks it apart. It's super dope, dude. I've had I've had mine for a few years now, and it's fucking awesome. And I'm not sponsored by this company or anything. Oh yeah, we're not spot. Other than uh, yeah, not sponsored by anything on this episode. Really. I can think of. Well, aside from our own companies, but I don't think that counts. Yeah, but yeah, those are cool. That's neato. Just to have tons of animations, large definition photos. On. <laughs> All right. Um, they also have this cool. I've seen. I've used one of these before. So it's a pulse star grinder, and what's cool is you like put your cone in, like speed loads it, so you can just like grind your shit up, uh, grind it up, and put the long tip on, and then just load your J right away. So if you're like lazy or you're like camping or whatever, it can be fun. It comes in a neat little kit. I just thought that was kind of a cool thing for somebody like to smoke jays. All right. Next up, we have my favorite low-cost backpack, you know, for the under $200 range. Um, really big fan of these Rainmakers. Uh, I know that the batteries aren't always the best sometimes, but uh, in terms of, um, you know, heavy heavy use but uh if you're not using them you know multiple times a day every day they are uh, pretty kick-ass yeah those things you can buy extra pair of batteries and what i like them those triple headed sprayers really puts out a massive wall these also are pretty low psi so you, if you're running microbials they don't kill them uh anywhere near as easy as uh, i have a similar one it's like a ryobi or something like yeah. that it's like a little ryobi one that I bought for at home, you know, I use it in, uh, I use it in the vegetable garden and it, like my big backpack one like that, my four gallon one, I use it and I spray like Kiaha and I do my, my Bavaria when I'm doing all my vegetable gardening and stuff like that at home. And then I have like a little smaller handheld one for my, uh, for my fucking weed for my, for my flower room. Yeah, it's definitely a great thing. Give me two seconds here. I just realized I need to uh, send Brandon as a co-host. Now, off chance that my internet cuts out, you guys won't lose the episode. Okay. Now, um, if you guys aren't using a battery power backpack sprayer and you're like using a hand pumped one or anything else, like you are seriously making your life ten times worse. Um, switching to one of these will like we went from taking almost two full days to take uh, to spray 14,000 square feet with two people with the pump sprayers to that taking literally four hours um, at, at this one facility I was at. So uh, it really can dramatically cut that? down your uh, your amount of labor and uh, and also increase the um, uh, application, right? So when you have these type of powered sprayers, you're going to get a much better even application rate on your plants as well compared to the you know much heavier variating uh, pressure you get with the hand pump sprayers. Not to mention your hands and cramping arms and all the rest. Um, you know what's really cool too that I like is that uh, it's called the meat the me fog industries the foggers. You can fog a room in like 
30 seconds with one of those. A huge room. Now, does that, is that uh, an issue for your microbials? Yeah, you can't run microbes through it. It's got like it's a... It's great if you're running like white oil micro. or... Uh... Yeah, it's got like a 10 micron uh, filter on it. Loading a little slow, but we'll get that going. And then hit a second. Yeah, I have one of those Mefog industries, but they cost like they cost like almost five grand. Mister Fog, isn't it? Yeah, Mefog Industries. Uh, they have like handheld fogger. They also have the one that's like. Handheld fogger, I think, is like oh, a five. Two E's, okay. And then they have it's one. M E E fog. Yeah, M E E. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Dope. When you're using those things, you have to do like maintenance on them every time you use them. You have to flush them out with water and rinse them and stuff. But it's still, it's still way way more time uh efficient cool yeah i'm trying to get that to load here again apologize for the uh, slow internets i have that for a little bit longer there we go is this it yep cool you guys can check them out they're based in Chicago. Agriculture. Oh wow, they do like concert fogging stuff. They're like fog everything. Gas yeah, turbine fogging. The company isn't like a cannabis related company at all. Um, I'm not sure even how I found these guys. I think actually they had like some dude in Oklahoma that was like a rep for the company that was like showcasing the products. And I actually bought that guy's like the model that he was using to like show people just so I could get it cheaper. But they do like, they do industrial application too, like for sanitation and stuff like that. But that's hey, the one that's the one. Right that's the one. Oh, wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah. That'd be great for soft oil though. If you were trying to get rid of mites in a room with oh, soft yeah. oil, that'd oh, be yeah. balling. Mm hmm. Yep, it works great, dude. And it'll do a whole it did my like 40 by 100 greenhouse in about like two minutes. That's dope. That's great. I'm gonna get me one of these. Yeah, I turned a couple also other people to, to Alana from Banana Seed Botanical. She's got a facility in Oklahoma and she used one of those too. It's really good for sanitation, too. So when you're doing your cleaning and reset, if you want to put xeratol or something like that in there, hypochloric acid, hydrogen peroxide, you can completely decontaminate and kind of sterilize your your fans and your surfaces and all that other stuff, you know? Nice. Um, UVC is really good for that, too, but not quite to get in all the cracks and all, but at least for the uh, open areas. No, that's awesome. I gotta get one of those. Also, again, like we said earlier, it will kill your microbes. So, uh, chemicals only or uh, oils only. Yeah, I'm just usually out of that. I'm just doing um, 
like horticultural oils. You can do enzymes if you want. You can do some other like stuff like that. And then like cleaning stuff. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. We can try playing the video. I think this is going to hemorrhage. Yeah. Oh, no. Maybe it'll load. Okay. Well, this is going to not load. That's okay. Um, we have uh, uh, EcoWit, which makes lots of cool different weather stations and rain gauges and air quality monitors if you're looking for something for remote sensors. Uh, or uh, Bluetooth, but they actually have this really cool water rain gauge, um, which is pretty neat. Um, if you're looking for uh, soil gardeners uh, outside, it can definitely be a cool way to kind of check it via Bluetooth and uh, not have to uh, deal with it because it empties itself uh, once a day. So um, definitely also uh, kind of neat. And stores 730 days worth of rainfall records on its own, which is also pretty cool. And then uh, as far as books go, uh, we have Big Book of Terps, which I actually just got a copy of to my dad. Shout out, Dad, for listening to the show. Thanks a lot. It's fucking great. Um, bought, and what's cool about this book is my lady last year for Christmas. Yeah, and you have one too. Um, uh, so what's cool about it is, and for instance, I'll just open this up here. And it kind of goes through, here's Piney. Has the chemical formula, molecular weights, boiling points, flash points, melting points, solubilities, uh, biological roles, therapeutic roles, commercial uses, um, you know, medicinal uses, uh, any IPM uses. Has whole lists of other plants that the terpene is also found in. So if you're just doing herbalism, it's also just equally as good for that. Tells you about a you know nemocidal uh, effects, antifungal effects, like. Um, oxidative effects on different things, um, allopathic effects, you know, potential uses in medicine, insect repellents, antiparasitic, anti-inflammatory, blah, blah, blah. So if you're really trying to like get into the meat and um, really uh, fully understand uh, the medicinal properties of terpenes, and a lot of you guys already know the different medicinal properties of different cannabinoids, but if you really want to understand the terpenes, it really is probably the single best source of knowledge in one book. Um, it yep. also has flavonoids as well, uh, and the new edition of even more. Uh, it has some other cool compounds, uh, like some of the other esters and things in it too. So definitely need to check out. And um, something that, you know, really, if you're serious and in getting into, especially compounding medicines and making edibles for specific things or making, um, you know, terpene-rich uh, terpene products for vape carts or other things like that, it really is going to help you. Um, create better products for, for your patients by far. I think there's a lot they of just came out with the second edition. Too. It's a lot of like research papers yeah, huh? and good references for other reading material. Yep. So they go through a bunch of the flavonoids, 43 different terpenes. Um, there's little quizzes and stuff after each chapter so that you can know if you understand it or not. Um, really is a fucking great book, and uh, it really is. Dude, it's one of the be it's one of the it's one of the better cannabis books out there. I mean, when it comes to like yeah. science, facts, research, you know, I think it's one of the best books. Absolutely, and also too, hey, if you're just doing herbalism, not even doing cannabis, because it has all those different references to other plants, 
Um, you know, if you're just trying to, to make different, you know, topicals or, or whatever else, it's, it's fucking great for that too. Uh, it really is kind of a uniquely uh, beneficial book for a wide range of things that overlap with the, uh, you know, the uh, medicinal and herbalism market. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the uh, regenerative soil microscopy. Uh, I had a chance to uh, review this book before it got released. Uh, really, really excited um, to, about this book. Uh, read it, you know, twice already, and uh, it's a great reference book. Incredible yeah. photos, and also really good if you're wanting to like book. understand how to take better photos yourself and uh, how to set up your own camera arrays and how to set up different adjustments to take pictures like he has in the book. That's also in the book which I think is worth the value of it uh, as well so that you can, you know, take better uh, reference photos for your own collections. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying something? That's cool. He's got that, right, the Rhodopseudomonas, which is uh, one of the strains of photosynthetic bacteria that are in my microbe plus. Nice. Yeah, tons of really great uh, things, you know, Different tricks for spotting microplastics in soils using different light spectrums. Um, you know, put a black light on your soil samples and be surprised at some of the plastics you find, depending on where you source your stuff and all kinds of other cool things. So if you're trying to make sure your stuff is clean, you know, there's lots of neat tips and tricks like that. But look at some of the photographs in this book. It's really incredible. You can kind of see exactly how those uh, fungi uh, pair up with the plant material and everything else. And uh, great reference guides as well, you know, for sizing and microbes and everything else. And uh, yeah, Matt's a good friend of mine, but just a great dude and a great author. So uh, be sure to check him out. If you have homeschooling your kids or anything like that, he has a ton of awesome educational material for kids. He used to be an elementary school teacher uh, available on his website as well over at the Permaculture Student. The only thing that weirds me out a little bit is his maniacal laugh. Oh, yeah. He definitely has like a. Uh, you know, has his own, you know, island with like experimental creatures or something kind of laugh. But, <laughs> but he at one time he worked in uh, some of the, the most toughest schools in California as a, as a teacher. He's a pretty badass dude. Um, another great reference book to have in your garden is uh, the Ajadam Organic Pest and Disease Control book. It's really kick ass. Has a lot of really good uh, photos and a lot of good solutions that are a little bit different than some of the other things that are out there. Um, I'll definitely be sure to check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I think you guys are going to like it. Um, I've used it a lot to identify things uh, quickly and then also come up with different, like, I might not necessarily use the exact recipe they have in here, but at least it gives me an idea on like how to approach killing that if I don't have a biological solution. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be a great great way to kind of give you something to fall back upon so if your biocontrols aren't working it can give you another round of safe organic solutions that could potentially um solve your problems for you and uh, also again just great for reference reference photos for trying to you know nail down the id of exactly what it is that's attacking your plants um we also have regenerative soil again another book by matt powers another great one if you're trying to uh, understand your, your living soil uh, a little bit better. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Jeff Lowenfeld's books. Uh, this is a, a good one uh, as well, if you're a fan of his kind of stuff. And uh, 
great visuals, great diagrams and everything. Again, another great book if you're trying to learn more about your soil science. So Very cool. I guess that was kind of my uh, my short list of stuff I wanted to kind of share this year for uh, for products. Um, what other uh, what strains have you uh, had found work really good for you this year? I know you've had a, a quite a few different uh, things that you've worked with this year as far as genetics. Um, let's see projects. I've just been doing projects mainly. Um, let's see. I did a bunch of all my stuff is all black lime. Let's see. This year, what did I do this year? I released a bunch of black lime crosses, white truffle black lime, starfighter black lime, um, white truffle times black lime. I just recently crossed my Afghani bull rider into black lime reserve. I'm running some testers of that right now. Uh, I'm, you know, I just, because I've been, like, growing and running other people's farms, setting other, other people's farms up and all that stuff. So I just recently was able to put together my uh, home grow because I bought a house, you know. So I built out a shed, a little 14 by 14 shed. I've got a couple of lights and some beds, and I'm probably on, like, day 38 day but i've got a variety of different stuff most you know i've got my sour cheese berry gorilla glue limerilla uh, i think i got a grape gas a black lime reserve times purple punch that's one of the ones that we did earlier this year some afghani bull riders that's kind of a plethora of different stuff nothing really like nothing crazy special or anything that's like you know generating a bunch of notice in uh you know in the market or anything like that what are uh kind of the hype strains that you've seen this year i've been traveling so damn much this year between uh three different countries um what have you seen uh kind of be popular in the states well rs11 permanent marker Grape gas. Grape gas is actually really good. I'm not a, a fan of like uh, the purple candy gas strains, like the grapey stuff. But uh, that grape gas, it it makes amazing rosin. It's good smoke. It's good on its own. Um, you know, just kind of the regular like kind of hype stuff, the soap and those types of crosses. You just came back from uh, BizCon. Uh, did you see anything particularly interesting or new or different? Or uh, what was the uh, event like? Mm, I mean, it's Vegas, so it's not really my vibe. But uh, I didn't see. I mean, I didn't see anything spectacular or anything that was like really piqued my interest. You know, there was a couple cool things. Like I really like the fabric. Um vents the fabric ducting ductwork that you can get installed because you can fucking tear those down and clean that shit out super good so that's kind of that i thought that was a really cool product especially for like big commercial settings where you have these big ass fucking overhead metal you know like what are they fucking um they're like aluminum fucking ducting 
and shit. And it just it's it's stationary. It stays there. So I thought that was kind of cool. The uh the fabric. Uh, but I mean, I didn't go there so much to go look at like what's new in the cannabis market. What's you know what's the newest hottest thing? Because I really don't care. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm I'm at a point now where mo- my focus is like moving more towards conventional agriculture with, uh, you know, uh, emphasis and focus on regenerative soils. And so, well, there are a lot of cool technologies, instruments and stuff like that. Nobody's going to wow me until they have the selective ion electrodes that can do real-time analytics, <laughs> you know, as soon as you get there, then I'll be like, fuck that. All right, we're in business. But it's all the same stuff, man. I do like the fact that FOS all has complete spectrum tuning on their new series of lights. So they're going to be able to do, you know, independent UV, independent blues, greens, you know, reds, far red, all the different spectrums will have independent controls. So you can build out light recipes. That's cool. Yeah. But also tune your plants for life cycle too, mm-hmm. which is cool. But I don't think there's anything, especially with the way that we cultivate, you know, cause we're like super low, kind of low cost and yeah, we use technology integrations and stuff like that, but I don't think there's going to be some new crazy fucking thing out there. That's going to exponentially increase quality or decrease labor or like, you know, exponentially decrease the cost for cultivation. Cause those are the types of technologies that I'm looking at. What can make, what can make this easier, more efficient, less wasteful, more profitable, less labor intensive, you know, those are the things that I like to see. Oh, yeah. One second here. Let me see if I can make this work the way I want it to. Okay. Let me see if I can tile over. All right. So I'm going to try and share this. This is uh, something I haven't shown on the show before. We're going to be showing this off on a much more ex- bigger extent and will be publicly available extremely shortly. But I want to show this off for you guys because it's been kind of a cool merger of project that I built and then uh, something that um, CopyLeft is doing. Um, so they will be launching their uh, Genetic uh, Galaxy here in January, which is you guys are going to really, really enjoy. And that's a whole separate cool tool. But this is the other cool tool that's been kind of we've been working on behind the scenes. And also, um, yeah, I think you guys are going to find kick ass. So, um, uh brendan let's uh you have was it peppers pumpkins and what was the other thing you had at your garden last time i was there oh i've had just about everything but and tomatoes yep tomatoes cucumbers we did loofah peppers uh basil uh, we did melons potatoes we did radish we did we did just about everything tons of beans Uh, we'll say you had a four by 
what size grow bed? Four by thirty foot grow bed. Uh, it was four by thirty five. Yeah. Four by thirty five. Uh, actually, I built a I built a hoop house too. I built a uh, thirteen by twenty five hoop house. Cool. All right, so I also built a couple of hugoculture beds, and I also built out some more space for pumpkins and beans, where I built like big trellis arches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've kind of developed my property a little bit more, I think, since last time you were there. Yeah, and you have the awesome horse. Yeah, the horse. I think we need to. I need to get Stevie something a little smaller, a little more manageable for her. <laughs> but he's a good horse. Oh yeah, yeah, quite the little farm. One second, guys. I'm just filling this out to show you the demo. All right, so this is something that Caleb from Copy Left took the open nutrient project data that I had built and uh, created something incredible. So this is going to be released here, not too distant future. Um, this is a natural farming recommendation um, AI. So this thing knows KNF and knows Jadam, also has all the nutrient values from the open nutrient project along with a whole bunch of other cool data sets that we fed into this thing and more. So uh, we just put in, I live in Oklahoma City, near Oklahoma City, 4 by 35 foot grow bed, peppers, tomatoes, pumpkins, provide a nutrient solution with for the full grow season uh, with schedule. So it's going to think and it's going to do that. It's going to take into consideration what plants might be in the nearby area to forage. Uh, the nutrient requirements of the tomatoes, peppers, and pumpkins, um, and what they need in the different growth stages for those crops. And then it's going to come up with a nutrient solution that is uh, capable of doing that. And we had some early problems with some of the data blindness, but uh, we've gotten a much more worked out than uh, some of the earlier iterations. We're gonna have something you can similar. See it provides on, exact. We're gonna have something similar on our website where it's like a ag and ag robot where it can you can ask it questions and stuff like that. And it'll all the data will be based off of all the material that we've provided through books, research papers, and yeah, that's super kick ass, man. It's so cool to see so many people doing uh um different, you know, versions of this and different uh different data sets and you know everyone's got um you know kind of focused on getting away from the chemical inputs it's it's fucking great i love to see all the different stuff that people are people are doing so uh yeah um as you guys can see it gets pretty pretty accurate and if you ask it hey i need to boost molybdenum i need to boost this that or the other it, it can get super specific um again this is uh maybe not the best example that we've done you can see some of the previous ones that we've had uh uh, some of the other demos that we've been playing with that uh, putting a lot of work into this with trying to, here you go, three different crops, um, you know, different grow beds of different requirements eating and different recipes uh, for each and things like that. So uh, it really does provide you a, a really detailed method if you're trying to craft your own, um, you know, particularly KNF inputs. Um, it's kind of based um, with the idea of 
when I travel to Africa and things like that, you know, there's, there's a lot of African farmers and things that are solely reliant on buying chemical inputs from Syngenta and this, that, and the other. Um, and uh, with that in mind, uh, we made sure that uh, the AI can speak over a hundred languages at launch. Um, so it will speak uh, currently or speaks over a hundred languages and can um, spit all that data out into any of those hundred languages. And we'll continue to get smarter as we continue to improve the database. Um, so again, uh, that will be launched through CopyLeft uh, as a way to, uh, uh, for a small donation per month uh, 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 in the beginning, and then that'll be released for free uh, after a, a short beta period um, on the nutrient side. And then we'll have kind of the, the um, you know, the next version will always kind of be like the, um, you know, kind of like ChatGPT, right? So the, the newest version will be uh, uh, behind a paywall of a, just a small dollar donation to CopyLeft, which kind of helps fund the, um, initiatives of that and then uh uh the latest for you know the, the last version will be free and available uh uh for uh for anyone who wants it and then uh once we find a little bit better way to to at least pay for the server side we'll, we'll make that as available as possible for as much as possible for free so um yeah a really cool project we're working on and uh you know it'll be super low cost and then obviously we're going to put some geolocating on it trying to make it free for people that like in africa and stuff like that that just you know they can't afford it but having something like this that can translate to any language and have it on your phone um, can really start to undermine some of these large, you know, companies that are kind of fucking everything up. And um, by teaming up with them with this data sets, um, I think we can kind of fully see out these large um, nutrient build models with some of these organic inputs in a way that was never possible before AI. You know, before we were trying to crowdsource all of the, the testing to make it affordable impossible to test all these inputs and now we can basically do all this with ai and utilizing things like uh, dr dukes and other databases that have already conglomerated a lot of that data um, and, and have the ai do a little bit of the thinking on com combinations so um, definitely something that um, i think is going to help people uh, especially in uh, uh, poorer areas uh, develop some some cool soil solutions so, yeah, it's cool. Probably. We're utilizing a lot of AI technology as well, and leveraging, um, leveraging, lever, leveraging that technology to, ex you know, expand on business, sales, marketing, and all that kind of stuff. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't done any of that for that stuff yet, but I definitely have uh, been doing a lot to um, kind of consolidate a lot of this plant info into database files that feed better into the AI and things like that. So definitely, um, I don't know, it's kind of like the ultimate version of what I had my vision for uh, open nutrient project is kind of coming to fruition. The first version will be nutrients. Um, the next round of info will be based around IPM. Uh, the next round after that will be based on geolocating. So we have a whole layer of um, soil data and geological data so that we can have an idea. If you put your location in, it'll do its best to understand your current nutrients, you know, within that area, within reason, obviously you can't know everything, but it'll do its best to try and account for that uh, in its nutrient solutions in the third version. So and we have like a phase plan for this and, and you know, improvements and all that. So it's going to be a really, really, really cool project. Um, and so that I'm, I'm just super beyond stoked to, uh, to be part of. Well, it's kind of getting late. I better be getting. I gotta go to bed. I got a long day tomorrow. Sure. Yeah, I was uh just about to wrap up the show. Um, do you want to tell everybody uh where to find you and uh, I'll throw your website up here again? 
Sure. Yeah. If you're not familiar with me, my name is Brandon Rust. I'm the owner of Bokashi Earthworks, and you can find me on Instagram at rust.brandon and also Bokashi Earthworks. And then you can check out the website. We have blog posts on there, all kinds of cool stuff, products, seeds. And that's www.bokashieearthworks.net. And you have a show you do on Wednesdays too now? On Future Cannabis Project, yeah, at uh, 1 o'clock Central Time. Cool. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for joining us tonight. I'll talk to you soon, dude. Cheers. Cheers. It's always fun to have Brandon on the show. He's dropped a lot of great knowledge. You guys can check out. He's done two or three other episodes with us, or maybe even more than that. I lose count at this point. Um, and uh, can check him out. Uh, he's a lot of great uh, info on his show as well. A lot of great info on his Instagram. Um, you guys can find me again at uh, apmjclass.com. Pestclass.com. You can use coupon code GROW, G-R-O-W, for 100 bucks off the class now through December 31st. So if you um, want to get a last-minute Christmas gift or you've been waiting for a discount on the class, uh, check it out. Again, we have. Uh, I know Marty has a bunch of cool new stuff to uh, edit up. You know, I have a bunch of stuff to edit up the next, you know, probably over Christmas break. Um, when I have a little more free time than I have at the moment. Um, yeah. So we have a trying to launch a 150,000 square foot license along with the, you know, a manufacturing center and a consumption lounge is uh, all at once is a, a lot of work. So um, it's been eating my time, but we will be back to the normal scheduled program. I do apologize for taking a month off. I just had a lot of, I just kind of got overwhelmed there for a minute, had to just take a breather and, uh, focus on life for a minute and take care of some other stuff but uh we'll have some great shows again future for for 4200 will be uh, on on not next week but the week after um we have uh, uh uh russ hudson will be on in february and a bunch of other cool stuff so i know he has another really kick-ass book coming um uh that's in the pipeline that will very much complement the turp book that um uh he'll be talking to us about on that one and uh, some other cool guests that we invited, the the defense guy coming up and a couple of other cool people. So um, definitely be sure to check out the, the new episodes and um, check out Dat Smoke Show. Um, I'm over there about 75% of the time. So check that out if you're looking for more fun content, a little bit more laid back, more like the panel show we used to have in the early version of this podcast. Um, you know, we're kind of shooting the shit a little bit more than, uh, than this show. So uh, yeah, thanks everybody for your continued support. Um, we will be doing kind of a a year in review. I don't know if we should do it the last week of the year or the first week of next year. Um, we kind of do a kind of a, a legislation year in review where we talk about how the last year went, legalization, and the, the what's upcoming, you know, who's going to legalize the next year, uh, and what's going on with the scenes and a couple of other cool episodes that we normally do at the end of the year. I have a couple of cool... Um, things I've kind of saved that I got filmed that I just haven't had a chance to drop on the channel as well from traveling and doing tons of other cool things as well as some other cool big announcements um, yeah I think we'll wait a little bit farther along on those but uh, you will be able to buy some of my uh, edible products here in a couple of different states in the not too distant future we'll leave it at that so uh, definitely check that out and uh, when we're able to announce a bit more on that um and uh, yeah, just a lot of cool stuff in the works and uh, a lot of life things been juggling. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you guys again next week. Peace.